it really truly is like I think it's the hardest thing one could ever get involved in I mean that or trying to be a visual artist or a an actor really putting yourself out there I don't think a lot of people understand what that what it entails and the thing is once you're in you can't give it up none of my friends who play in bands they're never going to quit playing music ever on this week's episode of gritty birds we're talking with martin leeper of the minders the band just released their latest album into the river this fall four years since their latest release with records just like paintings right Mm -hmm. you you, let's say you really want to make a statement with something okay well most of the time things can't be done projects that are worth you know they're worth their while they're gonna take time they're gonna take time to develop they're gonna take time to come to fruition you're listening to gritty birds on kxry portland x-ray fm 107.1 and 91.1 my name is jenny ren stotrup and i'm an artist producer and podcaster based out of portland oregon Every week, I share a new story straight from the voice of a successful artist or industry professional. Want to know the secrets of the grittiest in music today? Stay tuned. Before we launch into this week's episode, let's talk about X-Ray's Pledge Drive. Are you a member yet? Well, we're well on our way to our goal of $55,000 by Friday, but we still need your support. Gritty Birds is produced out of X-Ray's production studio and supported by X-Ray volunteers who help me transcribe the interviews each week and run our board. The storytelling format evolved because of development support from X-Ray producers. The programs I use to edit the show are thanks to X-Ray partnerships. We are a nonprofit, community-funded station giving an outlet here in Portland for DJs and producers passionate about radio, and we want to keep producing great content for you. We need your support to continue to grow, giving shows like Gritty Birds a voice. You can call in now to give a donation at 503-205-0333 or go online to X-Ray FM. Now let's start this week's episode. You've tuned into Gritty Birds on X-Ray FM 107.1 and 91.1. And today I have, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Martin Leeper from The Minders. The Minders just released their first album in four years, Into the River. The band first came together in Denver in the 1990s with Martin Leeper, Robert Schneider, and Rebecca Cole. Rebecca was the first permanent member of, of the band. But Robert was really kind of the first guy that I played with that when we created the band. The band was kind of a creation, a recording project that became a band. It evolved after a meeting with Schneider in what was a thin pop scene in Denver at the time. Schneider was at the forefront of pop with his band The Apples and the Elephant Six Collective. I uh, So I'm playing in this band, The Henrys, which was an XTC-like pop band, right? Playing pop music with harmonies and that kind of stuff in the early 90s in Denver, Colorado was the least hip thing that you could ever do. I mean, there were thrash bands and speedcore and funk bands and dudes playing like Les Claypool, like, you know, this kind of stuff. And here we come as a three-piece, my band, and we're playing these pop songs that have no balls or anything like that. You know, we've... (laughs) you know tinny uh guitars and that kind of stuff and uh my best one of my best friends uh that i'd gone to high school with my friend joe joe arms he was like hey martin there's this guy called robert snyder who has this 
label called the Elephant Six Recording Company, and he says he has the best pop bands in the world. And I was like, well, the best pop bands in the world? <laughs> you know, I've got to check this out. And he, he'd, uh, he'd been interviewed. Robert had been interviewed in The Hooligan, which was a local zine in Denver at that time. And this would have been like 93 or something like that, 94. And uh, he was like, well, they're playing, the Apples are playing at the Lion's Lair on Colfax next week or whatever. You should go check them out. So I went down and I went to see them and they were amazing. They were much heavier uh, than I expected. They were loud, kind of more punk rock, but they had harmonies. They had, you know, sort of these boy-girl harmonies and just the most infectious stuff, kind of Beach Boys-like. The two hit it off immediately and met up weeks later, eventually collaborating on a recording for Elephant Six. I got to talking to Robert after the show. He had grown up with, uh, his mother was English, is English, and uh, Obviously, I'm I'm from England, and so we had a bit of a background there. I went and hung out with him a few weeks later. He played me his four-track stuff. I played him stuff I'd done in a, in a studio. Uh, and um, basically, he was like, you need to write some songs for my collective. And so a couple of years later, he uh, helped me record a 7-inch, uh, which was for Elephant Six. It was called Build. It was our first 7-inch. And so he played the bass on it. I played the drums and guitars. With a 7-inch in hand, Martin started building a band. Rebecca, his wife at the time, joined as the first permanent member on drums. And then after that 7-inch was released, I started to put a band around that. And my ex-wife, Rebecca Cole, Rebecca, she played in Wild Flag. uh, And, you know, she's a phenomenal keyboard player. Well, that time she played the drums in in our band. Working with the Elephant Six Collective, the band grew in popularity in the shared company of fellow fledgling bands of Montreal and Neutral Milk Hotel. They continued to release singles and began touring. When they finally visited Portland, it felt like home. Wow, I mean, there's there's a lot here. Um, Portland's a real, it's kind of a fascinating, it's always been that cool town that had cool music, you know? I mean, I remember when we first came here uh, to play music, I wanted to move here. I just, I was like, wow, uh, I love this place because people were open. They were, I I remember we played at EJ's, which was an old club here, and it's gone now, long gone. But um, I remember being kind of intimidated. It was our first tour, it was 96. And we came here, 4th of July, and we played at EJ's. And I remember setting up, and there were all these big dudes with tattoos and stuff. And I was like, oh, they're going to hate us. Because <laughs> we're this weedy pop band, you know. And I noticed that one guy, this big guy with tattoos, and he had a Buddy Holly tattoo. And I was like, oh, I've never seen I've never seen that before. And when we played, it was it was totally cool. Everybody was, you know, like it was a good thing. And I, I just I realized that I liked the vibe of Portland. Just going back, I was like, oh, I could move here again. I could live here again. You know, I, I always do this to myself when we go places. But uh, what drew me here was that there were so many people busy with their projects. And it was... Uh, a place where you could, I could see being able to lock up, write, and just kind of, I don't know, there was a, a, the climate seemed to lend itself to that. So, but yeah, that's, that's Portland. That's what brought me to Portland.
was music and everything about it was beautiful to me, yeah. Martin relocated the Minders to Portland in 1998, where he met Larry Crane of Jackpot Studios through his connection with Schneider. Within the year of moving here, I met, I was introduced to Larry Crane and, and I'd already knew about, uh, you know, I'd known about Jackpot Studios when I first started recording and recording at Pet Sound Studios, which was Elephant Six's home base, he'd always have these um, tape art magazines laying around. And of course, we'd read those to get uh, ideas on home recording. And so when I first moved here, I made a point to go and meet Larry, and that was in 98. And, you know, pretty soon after that, I started working with him, you know, going in and maybe doing basic track stuff and taking basic track work that I'd done at, at uh, sorry, Jackpot Studios and then taking it home and then multi-tracking over that. So it wasn't fully recording a whole record at Larry's studio. It was partially doing it just because that was really all I could afford. And I wanted to have more time to spend on recording at home on my own time, you know, instead of uh, doing it in a studio. Martin dove into recording, setting up a studio and immersing himself in production but found that it wasn't where his real passion was. Within two years of having moved here, I'd set up a, a studio in a house, and the whole house was wired up. Like the, the attic was the control room, and the, the main chamber was down in the basement. But there were, like, uh, walls on wheels on the living room and the, the middle floor where we would do sessions and, and record. The whole house was just a big recording studio. I was in southeast Portland, and... I would record all the time. I would record my friends. I would record, you know, and I I wanted to, that was when I really wanted to do, a, you know, be an engineer. And uh, I was starting to understand engineering and become quite good at it, but I, I just, I don't think I had the the drive necessary to be an engineer. I wanted to just write. Over a few years, the band had six releases, focusing on putting out new music, continuing to produce and tour. For the latest album, Martin wanted to take his time and partnered with Crane. The album took four years to produce and is the work that him and Crane both find as some of the best they've made. This record, um, Into the River, that we just released about a month ago, was done over a course of four years at Jackpot. And we really started out with, there was probably about 12 songs. Um, there were some anchor songs. I don't know about you, but I always look for anchor songs. I'm always looking for things that will hold down the project. So maybe three or four, almost like a kind of a, like if it's, if there's a, a pie and, and I look to see how I can go from A to B, you know, from one side to the other and, and have songs in the beginning, middle and end that will hold down the project. And I would, always get to a point where it was like, well, these songs, you know, are strong, but they're not sitting well next to each other. Martin finally found his anchor song in It's Gonna Break Out, the lead track on the album. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. 
going to break out from the Minders' recently released full-length Into the River. You're listening to Gritty Birds on X-Ray FM. If you are listening and aren't a member yet of the station, it is our pledge drive, so give a call right now at 503-205-0333 to join our community now. It's going to break out was the track that the Minders' Martin Leeper needed, the anchor song that set in motion the creative process of Into the River. I felt that was the strongest song, but then I got one or two more that I realized that I could really write around. So I started writing for to the songs that I had the strongest songs. You know, because once in a while you'll have a body of songs and, um, you know, you go, well, these are fairly good. I think they're pretty good. And then you start writing better songs, you know, and that raises the bar. And say maybe... You, you get lucky enough that you're able to write a song where you're like, I don't know if I can really better that one right now. And that raises the bar. And then you just, your your quality of writing just kind of, it goes up just because you become excited about it, you know. But um, you just, I, I, I don't know. I, I find like there's a certain, uh, there's a stimulating sort of process. You know, I get really excited when I when I have a song that I can really, uh, I guess, jump into and really invest in, you know. The process of writing the album was a longer one, with Martin in no hurry. He feels that his patience is one of his strengths. The one thing that I enjoy doing and that I'm most proud of is that I'm able to step back from projects. I'm able to, if I feel like I'm getting stuck, if there's one thing that I have patience for, it's with doing this kind of stuff, albums. I'm the most impatient person. I'm, I'm terribly impatient with a lot of things. But music, uh, making records, I got, I got patience. Because I think I see the long view. And the long view is a lot of the time you just see it and you're like, well that's not going to happen today (laughs) or next week or two months from now. Martin's journey into music wasn't straightforward. He was born in Portsmouth, Hampshire in England 
and then moved to Germany when he was 10, where he was first introduced to the guitar. I went to this international school in Munich, um, you know, and I was about 12 or 13. Um, I took guitar classes, and uh, I, I was a bit of a handicap um, because I'm left-handed and I, I've never been able to figure out how to play guitar this way, I play it this way, you know. And um, uh, so my first music lessons, and I started to learn to read music, and I was actually getting to that point where I was actually learning how to play. I would have been a, a, a probably a fairly decent guitar player if I'd stuck with it, but you know what I did is I lost my guitar. I left it on the train. I had to take... Uh, four trains a day, two to school and two to two, two, two school and two home, and the connecting train in Munich, I left it on the first train and got off, and so I didn't pursue guitar for a long time, right? Because my dad was like, oh, you know, that's it, yeah, he wouldn't buy us, he wouldn't buy me another guitar, and uh, I was sort of crestfallen, and uh, I didn't pursue it after that. He picked the guitar back up after emigrating to the U.S. a few years later, starting his first band at 17. Uh, this is the mid-'80s, and I listened to mostly New Wave, but a lot of my friends listened to punk rock, you know, hardcore, that kind of stuff. And I started my first band when I was 17. It was called The Procession, and we sounded like a goth New Wave band. I was really into Echo and the Bunnymen and also, like, you know, Joy Division and stuff like that, but I was also into The Doors. <laughs> I was all over the place, you know. After his initial band, Martin quit playing music and went to design school. He made it through a couple years before quitting. Martin cites that he felt that he was too young. He couldn't concentrate until he started playing music again. Yeah, I dropped out. I was too young. I think I left when I was 20, 21, maybe. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate. The the only th the one thing that actually got me to concentrate was playing in a band. As I couldn't concentrate before, that was all over the place. I couldn't get anything concrete. I couldn't do anything. Uh, you know, I couldn't follow through with anything. And then I figured it out. I, it was just being driven, finally actually seeing that there was a way to make art. Uh, and, you know, the first time I did a 7-inch, and actually pressed it. I was like, oh, now I understand. And it took so long to get to that point. You know, that, uh, it it took me a long time to realize how to see a project through. The process of creation is important to Martin. While he didn't finish design school and stepped away from engineering, they are all pieces of a puzzle that are setting the trajectory for the artist moving forward. One part of this was taking ownership of his back catalog and he launched an imprint with manager Mike, Space Cassette, two years ago. I'm trying to organize, to be more organized with, because we manage everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. We self-released this record. Mike is the manager of our band and also our imprint, Space Cassette. The idea was to create a home for our catalog, because the, the catalog belongs to me now, and so that's, I don't know, there's a bunch of, there's what, four albums, but there are a bunch of EPs and singles and B-side records and, you know, compilations, that kind of stuff. Um, but also, we're, we're trying to build something uh, 
it could involve other bands too um even i think maybe even a publishing side or something like that into the river was self-released through the imprint taking more control of aspects that he had worked with on labels in the past they built their own printing press and create all their own merch Martin notes that it makes sense to self-release at this point for artists. Today, you don't necessarily really need to be on a label. Obviously, it'd be nice if someone threw a bunch of money at you and said, make an album and we're going to put it out. But there are the problems with that, and I've experienced that a few times in my life of being on a couple of labels. Um, you're beholden to people's, the way they do business, everything, their whole program and it's not always necessarily what you want to do. And art, how to uh, manage that and do it properly. Let's take a listen to another track from the record. This is Summer Song, one of the singles from Into the River. That was Summer Song by The Minders from their album Into the River. Martin self-released the album through their imprint, Space Cassette. It's one element of the next phase for Martin. He sees himself continuing to produce music, but also exploring painting again and writing. He has a sense of empowerment that seems to stem from this record. I'm always trying to keep my mind busy that way. And it's not really just for the sake of doing it, it's because I want to do it, you know, like... 
those are there there are things always wanted to write a book of short stories always wanted to do this diy book eight track mind uh want to continue to paint you know uh this album always wanted to make an album like this and uh it this time around i can actually listen to this record from point a to point b and i don't skip through songs i'm happy with that because uh, i not all the records i can't listen to all of our records all the way through because it's i get disappointed there's just stuff like oh i could have done that better and i just kind of skip through songs that kind of stuff i don't know but uh i feel good about this one it's this concept the book the eight track mind that is a unifying aspect of martin as a creator so it's called eight track mind and uh each chapter is a track um on a machine in the sense that you know each channel on a machine or a track you know has its own it's a very important place in, in a song or a recording. The uh, 8-Track Mind is really about my process, I guess. Or It doesn't necessarily have to be autobiographical, but I guess the way it's working out is it's really um, all of the different processes uh, that I've compiled to put together, you know, how to write songs. So we were talking about songs today recording because i do rec home recording um everywhere everything from you know songwriting my love of pop music uh recording the different formats of records seven inches or the singles eps albums album art um the tour the band that sort of thing you know uh I'm going to talk about how I put my band together. I remember sitting around and thinking the whole thing was magic before I could figure it out. Like, how do you do this? How do you, you know, how do you get to start a band and then how do you record and all that stuff and meeting people, obviously, and, and playing out and going to shows and, you know, all of the above. But that's what it's about, yeah. Martin hopes to inspire other artists to keep producing. At the end of the day, he learned that the number one thing for artists to remember is to always believe in themselves. The rest will come. In terms of getting started, uh, well, never stop believing in your vision. You know, I mean, believe in it. You know, and if you if you believe in it, and if you really Here's the thing, if you truly want to do this, you really need to be all in. And um, I think just having belief in one's own ability to do it, that's the most important thing. I mean, I don't know how many times people have been like poo-pooed or kind of laughed at what I do, you know. Even my, you know, uh, members of, well, I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, <laughs> someone asks you what do you do oh I play in a band you know uh, I don't always say that to be honest I, I kind of don't I shy away from that but I remember when I was most proud of and I, I am proud of playing in a band but like you know sometimes you don't want to really talk about it just because you don't it's hard to sort of talk about you know I mean to explain what you, what you do but being driven 
being focused and believing that you can do it. I think that's what I would say. Believing in yourself. Because it, it can be the most rewarding thing and it can be one of the most sort of, I think, soul-crushing things too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Thanks for tuning into Gritty Birds on X-Ray FM. Special thanks to Martin Leeper of The Minders for coming onto the show this week and to Riot Act Media and Space Gazette for use of the tracks It's Gonna Break Out and Summer Song. You can buy Into the Water online and in local stores now. Gritty Birds is produced by myself, Jenny Ren Stotrup, out of the production studio at X-Ray FM. This week's board operator is Dan and Drips. The episode is transcribed by Amy Burton and Amita Rez. If you are a listener and not a member of X-Ray yet, call in now at 503-205-0333 and join our team. Remember, radio is yours. You can follow the show at Gritty Birds, G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S. It will be out on all your favorite podcast networks starting tomorrow. Tune in again next week for an interview with R&B darling Riva DeVito.